0: Thank you for tuning in to The Deal with Danny Brown. I'm Danny Brown. If you haven't listened to us before, I appreciate you tuning in. We've had Jim Travers, Allison Pilevsky, Joey Miller, uh, Jay Lux, James Farrier, NFL legend, and many other interesting guests. Today's guest is the legendary, infamous, and my buddy, Terry Heller. We're going to talk about NWA, coming up with Suge Knight and Dr. Dre and Easy, his uncle, Jerry Heller, who signed NWA, uh, his transition into the real estate game and into the restaurant business, where he successfully developed a concept plan check, which I love unbelievable hamburgers and the famous lettuce leather. Uh, all good. So please subscribe on iTunes or YouTube or wherever you listen. And uh, thank you for tuning in. I forget what how did we initially meet we met back in the music days the, the dave jacobson today uh, hip-hop initially? days i think so yeah were you working at giant records uh no not officially no well, i worked i was or officially working <laughs> uh, my music business days i was an intern at priority records and interscope records in oh, okay. college and then worked at Capitol records and then worked for uh george hinojosa and uh, you know craig aronson oh, who was, was doing, that
1: a uh, Ice tea's guy
0: Iced tea, and then he started signing a lot of other bands. So then but, you, you grew the fuck up and became a real guy and got into real estate. That's pre- smart. Pretty much left the music yeah. business and, yeah. and gotten into real estate. But yeah. enough about me. We can get into me a little later. A lot of people don't know that though. They only know me as the real yeah, estate but that's, guy. That's
1: that's what's good about this. See, people want to understand who you are. Good. They want to they want
0: to like sort of connect with you on a, on a level other than For sure. the deal. Got it. Well, you're right. So we'll tell them a little bit about my background. Yeah, I was, in, I was at uh, Interscope in college when The Chronic just came out. So that was yeah. like the whole Jimmy Ivan just becoming, uh, you know, massive in that way. Dre walk around the office. So that was really fun. But let's go back to you grew up in L.A., San Fernando Valley. Yeah, well, I would even I wouldn't
1: even say where I grew up with San Fernando Valley. I mean, I grew up in Westlake Village, yeah. um, moved to L.A. at 18. Yeah. And was he- out here for about 10 years. So, and where'd
0: you go to high school?
1: Westlake. No, you went to Westlake. It's, okay. it's a little complicated. I lived in Westlake and I went to a school. Uh, I was recruited to play at a school, a public school, to play water polo, which yeah. was not legal at the time, but I did it. By the way, I didn't even know you played water polo. I thought I was going to play water polo or I could have played in college, but I got a job. So, working. you were serious?
0: Very I started yeah.
1: playing and swimming at a very young yeah. age. Yeah.
0: Now, and your parents are also real estate agents? They were. Growing up, up it, they, were? they were growing
1: up for most of my childhood, and then about seven or eight. No, actually, when the market corrected, they were like, We're done with this nonsense. Let I think you got to go that way for Instagram. No,
0: <laughs> sorry,
1: <laughs> they um, I'm trying to get some video yeah, for, I know. For, you gotta, for my stuff. You got to
0: hype yourself. It's Terry Heller. I mean, come on,
1: so, um, so they they got out about '09 and got into the pet treat distribution business, but I'm
0: very close to my parents and growing up though, then they were real estate agents. Yes. So they were doing open houses. They were all that. Yes. Vacations being moved and yes. canceled. So you have a similar upbringing as my children that were constantly canceling vacations and yes. moving it around and I'm not around Sundays and all yeah. that stuff. So that's how you were raised. Yes. So you live in a, a pretty normal life for a kid in Southern California, but then, I don't know how normal my life was. Well, but dysfunctionally normal. I don't know if it was dysfunctional. I mean I, I definitely think
1: my trajectory and sort of my I, I don't know too many people that were doing what I was doing at, at a young age. For example, you know, I I don't know any other kid that was listening to hip hop when I was listening to hip hop. Yeah. And sure, that was, was just of a- out of it was just a result of my uncle, Jerry, working with guys like forget let's, let's go back before.
0: Yeah. We'll Easy get, I want to get deep into, to that. You know, obviously your life changed. The whole family's trajectory changed in about 1987 when NWA that, dropped that record, but would give us the history Jerry Heller, your uncle, you your dad's uh, brother. And my dad's brother. And he was a legend and, in the music business for anyone that's yeah. in the music business. But for those that aren't in the music business, yeah. kind of walk us through the pre Ruthless Records Day leading up to it. Well, I mean, look, at my uncle in my life from day one. I don't remember a day he wasn't in my
1: life. He never had kids. Got it. He had some marriages. But, um, you know, from a young age, we just bonded. Um, there was no issue with my father. My uncle's nine years older than my father. And right. My father had me about 22. So I think because uh, my dad was very busy with work, my mom was busy with work, um, trying to make a living, my uncle being in the entertainment industry prior to all the nwa stuff kind of lent him i mean it landed him to have more time yeah and we we from an early age i mean he would watch me starting about two years old in
0: fact so he's really a father figure your I, I entire don't wanna, life
1: i was yes he was a father figure a mentor. i mean no disrespect
0: to your father obviously you, fa- you were very close with your father parents, and your family but he was also an additional you know, yes. influ- a major influence for a parental figure. He, he was a major influence. And he and didn't have any kids. So, therefore, his brother's kids became... Yes. Sort uh, of like, he was a know, major
1: influence. Um, I have amazing parents. And what was great about my father was he was never threatened by my relationship. You know, he really, really um, supported it. So, yeah. my uncle and I, we travel. I mean, we've, you know, the first time I left the country is with my uncle. Um, we've gone all over together and and... You know, I was in and out of his marriages. I was in and out yeah. of his relationships. And, you know, definitely a guy that taught me a lot um things to do in life and things not to do in life.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot of lessons there. So walk us through his career, the big strokes before NWA and before you became a music executive and a music director, etc. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, you know, I don't. I'm I believe it or not, I'm not totally qualified to talk about his stuff before I was born, right? Yeah. But he, he was in the music business for many years. He grew up in Cleveland. My father and him grew up in Cleveland. He moved out here to go to SC. Oh,
0: and wow. my and my father My dad was born in Cleveland and moved out here oh, young wow. though.
1: Yeah. So they they um they came out here to to go my to grandparents go to get, college my father ended up going to fairfax and hamilton and that's funny that's really, I, I actually met my
0: mom they've been together since 1966 how old is your dad because my dad 69. went to hamilton oh my dad's much older my dad's in yeah. late 70s my mom went to fairfax dad went to hamilton it's just so funny that, that's that's so kind of common. par for course right yes. if you're yes. jewish and you're yeah. in this area yeah
1: so um they came out here uh, my uncle got in the music business he was more uh on the um agent side, booking agent, booking, and worked with a lot of famous people that we've all know. Um, but but my years, my sort of informative years, uh, he got into hip-hop. Um, he had a real rough time with the marriage. He had a real rough time with the industry. Mm-hmm. And he got into hip-hop It was it, and he really believed in what was happening in the movement. Jerry, I always thought, right. was the tastemaker and was the yeah. guy,
0: influencer, that knew about trends so and this is way ahead of just before being mainstream this is underground I, I, hip. I, I, this is when it was only independent labels releasing albums and this yes. is early
1: yeah i mean he worked with t uh, groups like la dream team yep he discovered that dream
0: team is in the house yeah, yeah
1: that was a good one
0: <laughs> yeah that's a <another> embarrassing <laughs> Uh, maybe That's you guys, can I you am. guys cut in right there
1: with the <laughs> with the actual real music. Um LA Dream Team LA
0: uh, Dream Team, Egyptian Lover, Radio Jokoli, Everlasting Bass, if you yeah. know who that is. And of course. I have all these records. I was DJing with Dave Jacobson in middle school at that time. So every one and of spinning those spinning these records that no one knew what they were because we were the white Jewish kids listening to hip hop just like you were. Uh before any of those artists um we're out.
1: I, I I could tell you stories about the first time I heard Everlasting Bass before anybody heard it. Yeah. I was in I was in Laguna at a at a hotel <laughs> and Rodney O dro- drove down and played us in his I don't know what year this is. We'd have to look up but mid eighties ish. Yeah, it's got mid 80s. And was playing uh, Everlasting Bass. I just remember like I forget if that was like an eight oh eight drum, but I remember playing that here in like, I would love For it. sure it was an eight oh eight drum. Well, that's all it was. <laughs> um so yeah, so he started with that. Then did World Class Wrecking Crew, which was Dre's first group. Yeah, uh, so he then, was already in business with Dre. I didn't realize yes, that. Yes, yes. And you know, look at—I uh, don't want to get too much into Street Out of Compton. Um, I think it was a powerful movie. It was an amazing movie. Very inaccurate movie. I'm uh, sure. Very, not a great portrayal. I think it really showed that Jerry championed uh, the movement. Yeah. But certainly in the end, it just wasn't. You know, Paul giamatta wonderful actor. If you ever met Jerry, he was far from like from a nebbishy character. little like guy that wore goofy belt <laughs> buckles.
0: Jerry was was one of a kind. You mean everything in movies isn't uh, true?
1: Well, I mean, if you're gonna do some kind of, I don't know what you call that, like a biopic. I don't yeah, know what you call I was, that. That was a biopic. I would think you would on try to group. kind of nail everybody, but um, they didn't nail him. Like he was much more of a suave, powerful. Walked in a room and people would just look at him. They thought he was a celebrity. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't know who he was, but he had this white hair. He had white hair as long as I can remember.
0: That's funny. He had
1: white hair since he was in his twenties. Very tall, six foot three.
0: Yeah, so he was a studly guy. What's that? Studly guy,
1: I, not I a mean, nerd. I, it, he certainly wasn't
0: a nerd. Like no, the movie. and
1: he uh, he wore those Porsche glasses before anybody else, and he always <laughs> wore the Porsche, the Porsche glasses. glasses. And he just had this look and this aura and this energy. And look, I mean, there's a lot of lot of stuff about him that was amazing there's a lot of stuff about him that was not amazing you know yeah. um definitely definitely uh battled with uh parting a little
0: too much yeah um not a surprise with music industry yeah what but was he going took on. it to levels that yeah <laughs> like, unhealthy levels <laughs> he was yeah so dysfunctional levels well i don't want to get I mean, into um, the life and times of jerry, jerry. Yeah. that could be so hours anyways, and hours and hours and i know you grew up Tight with him, but so let's let's transition. Uh, fast forward. Let's fast forward into okay. N.W.A. When he signed them, what was what was happening in your life? Because this is now mid '80s. That I was just first record was my, released in '87, I believe. Yeah, my my, but there was a there's some other things, but I think they did that N.W.A.
1: in the posse. Before. In the posse. Yeah, I yeah. forget when that was. That was like Boys in a Hood, and then like I'm I think pretty that sure that was released A-ball in '87.
0: Song. Yeah, I don't think so. I remember I hearing. I think it was before. I I remember hearing the mixtape of eight ball. I must've been, I was in 10th grade. So this must've been 88 or 87 in the back of the bus, going to football practice or football game. I don't remember. Some kid played it and got it at a swap meet and it was unbelievable. I never heard anything like it. And I was really into hip hop already. So tell me how things changed for you uh, when that happened. Well, I just
1: remember Jerry coming to me and you know, I lived with him uh, for most of my childhood. I had a room with him. So I was always with him and I just remember him coming to me and he, this is, this is during the times he was definitely on, on, on a low and yeah. reinventing himself, started having some momentum with some of those hip hop acts we, right. we mentioned. And I remember him coming to me and saying, I met this guy who's this tall, that's going to change <laughs> my life, your life and the world. I'm getting chills right now. And he
0: was right. And he was right.
1: So I, I, I want to say two days later, I met easy for the first time. Yeah. And, you know, they formed a bond and a, and a relationship and a partnership that was unparalleled. I mean, it was amazing. So I was around that guy. I was around Easy, a lot. Yeah. He lived
0: two doors down from us at yeah. one point. And you were what, teenager? How old are you at this time? 14, 15. Yeah. So you're yeah. very influential years coming up. And now, boom, EZ. Listen, Dre used
1: to call me because they all lived out in Oak Park or Westlake. They all moved out yeah. there and they started making money. And that was kind of crazy, right? Yeah. Forget yeah, yeah. before the Kardashians in the and Hidden Hills. We're talking about like is this way Chatsworth? Back. Where was that? No, Westlake Village. Westlake. That we was in Westlake. Oh, I, mean, Dre I, did move I, I to Chatsworth. Had at a, Dre had but a, but this a is house before. And... This is way before the DOC lived on Four Seven Seven Savona. I lived on Pizarro. Uh, <laughs> I still talk to the DOC today, um, but uh, Dre would call me and say, "Come over. I just finished a record. I want you to hear it." And I used to trip out thinking, like, why does he want me to hear all these records? It was a regular thing. I'd either walk or ride my bike to his house. Sometimes he'd pick me up. Yeah. I literally lived like, I mean, it was like a 12 minute walk, a three minute car ride, two minute car ride. And, you know, I, I realized at some point, I don't remember when. I'm his audience. Yeah, he's
0: doing market research on you.
1: And I would say to him, "Oh, I fucking hate this, Dre. This is corny." Yeah. Like, and I was real. It was just like I was a young kid, and I was completely yeah unfiltered, unfiltered giving and, him the and real and
0: truth of how you felt. And I mean, he I remember when he he played me studying what you
1: thought and what you said. Everything that the world heard, I heard first, which is cool, right? Yeah. The DOC That's record. Incredible. I was in the studio all the time with those guys, and uh, you know there was there was a uh, there was a real trust factor. Easy and I, I mean, Easy and I were closer. But no, I remember um, him playing the whole Above the Law album first. Yeah, I was in their their music video. I was in one of the cellmates. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I've even ever seen it, but I, I think I made the cut. But yeah, I listen. I was around for all that. But but I think the takeaway that let's transition into why we're here is that the biggest thing, my biggest lesson out of. Being around these guys, and I'm talking about – I would say I would put EZ up there with one of the greatest minds I've ever met. Okay. Is that there was this ability and this sort of energy that I could do anything. So EZ came in and did this record label with no experience. Right. With a few dollars and created you know one of the most legendary labels of all time. Yeah. And anything EZ wanted to do, he did. He was buying real estate. I mean he was really – Um, he had no fear and this concept that I've never done it before. How do I do it? It was first, we're going to do this. We'll figure out how we get
0: there. So he had the confidence and the know-how to just go, go after it. I don't know if he had the
1: know-how, know-how, but he had the balls and the courage to say,
0: we're going to do this.
1: And I remember I was working on, I started, so I signed, let me back up. So the, one of the first groups I worked with was, was the Black IPs. Yeah. Their former iteration was a, ba- a, a a tribe beyond a nation, App and Clan. Yeah. So I met Will I Am at a local hip hop club, signed him to a management agreement, and then ultimately signed him, Apple, and a guy named Mookie to Ruthless Records. Okay. Fortunately for them, they never came out. I was their first manager, but um, I just what I learned from 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 Easy and, and Dre, and I I kind of developed early on that. I could do I if I want to do something, I'm gonna do it. And that's always pushed me in, in my career, whether it was be, be becoming a director and never going to film school, mm-hmm. whether it was getting into real estate and having no background and no like family yeah. in the business or ultimately opening up plan check. Yeah. I just had this idea that if if I want to do it, I'm gonna figure it out. So I think a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs are always looking for that that moment in time or that green light or something to say, look, this is how you're, there's no right way. There's no
0: right way, right so time. There's I've, just
1: go do it and figure it out. I've never been afraid. And I think that um, that was my biggest takeaway. I remember going to meetings with guys like Tommy Mottola. Yeah. Major, major music guys with Easy, right. and he'd sit in that room and he would control the meeting. And he was just this confidence and this idea that he was in the know, which he was, it was special. So I always took away that swag and that and that courage, and that's gone. That's that doesn't mean I, I've never not been afraid. I've I've scared shitless sometimes well, doing sure. deals. But the idea that you know to to to, to gain, you have to ri- to gain big. You have to risk big. Yeah. So that's, that's
0: was a my biggest to learn. takeaway. Young, that's a good lesson to learn, and I know that holds a lot of people back. Where it's waiting Being for the, the right, right time, time the right. right perfect moment, the connection, the finance. And really, if you're an entrepreneur, you just got to go make your way. There's never a right time. There's so- never a right time. So that changed the world, changed pop culture, changed hip hop, also changed culture in general, obviously. Yeah. The yeah. whole gangster rap thing has influenced every part of our culture now. And that's just so fascinating that you grew up in that at that moment and that specific group yep, and yep. those specific people, Eric mm-hmm. Wright and DOC and Dr. Dre and yep. all these guys that are, you know, legendary producers, writers. I was there the writers. first time Suge came to our Shug office. Knight, so all, I'm those, sure.
1: all those um, stories that people talk about, uh, they're not stories to me. That's another thing I tell people. When they try to talk to me about that era, I, I, I didn't hear these things. I was there. Yeah. So when yeah. Suge came in for the first time, or when I was in the studio and they were making the second album, or 100 Miles a Rock, whatever, I was in the studio. Right.
0: I saw the process. Yeah, I know... When I, they were I, hanging out at Monty's and we, Westwood? We, 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 no, no, we wouldn't hang that. out at Monty's and Woodland Hills. They were hanging mo- out in Westwood all the all time, because well, Interscope was well, right there in Wilshire yeah, but Westwood. Remember, there was no Interscope when we first started. Yeah, when you first started, but once right. Death Row took off... Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, So... All the stories and the Suge stuff and all that, there weren't stories to me. Yeah. Firsthand, <sighs> like I was there the first time the guy came in the office. So. He's a
0: big dude. <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess. You guess? No, yeah. he's big, big and intimidating. Yeah.
1: So good. He, he didn't intimidate any of us. So. Yeah. No, nah, all those stories of like him beating up you, all that stuff never happened. Trust me when I tell you. Yeah. 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 Hey,
0: I wasn't there. I have no idea. I have no idea. I've yeah. seen. I used to see them when I was interning, walking through offices and yeah. this and that. Everyone was always pretty cordial and gentlemanly and articulate. And so who knows? Stories versus reality. God only knows. But so let's now talk about what getting you into. You got into video production and so directing I, films. So and,
1: I, I was the A and R guy for a couple years at Ruthless. Um, really wanted to do my own thing. There was all that stuff happening with Suge and artists leaving. And I think Easy really lost his way for, for some time until Bone came along. So what happened was Bone, their manager started calling Ruthless all the time, or the guy that was sort of trying to promote them. He was a local guy in Cleveland. Okay. I spoke to him. Uh-huh. I was trying to connect them with Easy. Somehow Easy did connect with them. They came to LA. That's a crazy story for another time. And ultimately, yeah, nobody... Yeah, how did
0: Easy sign them? I mean, think, I would think everyone would want to sign d- d- was, They
1: weren't on anybody's no radar. No one knew who they yeah. were yet. And keep in mind, they were in, from Cleveland. It wasn't so easy for people to have access. There was no Instagram and, and digital, yeah. like, you know what I mean? So, was no- so they put out a little EP. I think it was called Faces of Death, if my memory serves me right. They had some, like, street dude that was working for them. I struck up a friendship with the guy. Ultimately, they did connect with Easy. Easy signed them. And I was very involved with the process whether it was like you know helping with the album or whatever the stuff the, the creative process nobody really believed in them i will tell you this their harmonies were incredible but this was a time that there was a lot of doubt within the ruthless halls of who easy was signing the credibility of the artist the legit right. i, I would say credibility or legitimacy but just are we signing quality people so they came along, and I don't think there was super high hopes for them. And they were incredibly unique and dynamic.
0: Their it's style real was really different. It's real easy to Monday
1: morning quarterback, but you could also look at uniqueness as corny or whack or who the, who are these guys or sure. I, I can't yeah. fucking In understand time, what they're saying because yeah. they're like machine gun rap. Yeah. So, and, you know, look, they evolved. So what we were hearing to what became on their EP to what became their, their first album to what became Crossroads sure. It's just we an evolution. And- so. You know, everybody likes the Monday morning quarterback and say, oh, should have, would have, could have, or oh, I would have signed them. But it's not that simple. So because there was this sort of uncertainty in the ruthless halls and all this stuff that was going on, I saw an opportunity. And I met these directors that were just graduating from USC that actually Will discovered. And Mm -hmm. they did a video for him called Puddles of H2O. Check it out. It's I think it's somewhere on YouTube. <laughs> so of too. <laughs> they, I, I kind of, I put up the money. You know, I think it was a thousand bucks. And Will was just trying to, Will was always super, Will I am, was always super. He never he never settled for um, just waiting around for stuff to happen. He and always he made it happen. And hustling doing everything nonstop. He could. Everything, everything. Work ethic. And- everything. The hardest working guy I've ever met. Yeah, that's what so I hear. So he said, hey, I met these guys. Can we, somehow we figured out the money. These guys did a video called Puddles of H2O, and they were just out of film school. You're yeah, saying? just yep. out of film school. One was the cinematographer, one was the director. Yep. And the video came out really cool. And being me, and being at the time, this is like I'm 22, trying to figure out ways to make more money. The most I ever made at Ruthless Records, I started making a hundred
0: dollars a week. I still have the paycheck nice. stubs.
1: This is not 1946. <sighs> yeah, I can no, pay I get for it. shit.
0: I get so it. Everybody I was making thought five dollars like, an hour too with a it was with a degree from
1: USC. Five dollars an hour. Yeah. A hundred dollars times ninety dollars a week is how much?
0: <laughs> yeah. Six, yeah. Some bullshit. So yeah, it's slave no, it's
1: wages. Not. It's like a
0: Wait, you were making $100 a week? A week. Uh, 20 bucks a day? A week. So I you're making days two days bucks, bucks an hour?
1: No, because they're like, oh, it's Jerry's nephew. Fuck him. We're going to like, yeah. everybody thought like I had a maid. I couldn't afford I was going to Pepperdine was at this one Pakistan,
0: point. Was Pakistan, or you two bucks an hour, a buck an hour?
1: I don't know, man. It was bullshit. <laughs> I was on some child labor You were the head of I might a, still sue. I wasn't of a anything, a, anything at this point. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. ahead of nothing. But you, were,
0: well, you had a job.
1: You were in the game. <laughs> Correct, and that's all I ever you had wanted. Access, you yeah. know. Eric used to show up. Easy used to show up at six in the morning, and I was. He'd either show up or still be there with a, with some girls from the night before, and he'd go, "What are you doing here? It's six a.m." And he would all the time. Like see, I was there. I didn't give a shit, man. I yeah, just wanted to Soaking it up,
0: learning, doing. So everything I
1: graduated from a hundred dollars a week to four hundred and fifty a week <laughs> now after now a couple of years. Now I'm rolling <laughs> deep rolling i'm now going from taco bell to like baja fresh like i'm feeling good about myself yeah so i uh so with the bone thugs thing in this video i don't know why my nose is itching so bad today you need a tissue no i don't have boogies i just have an itchy nose maybe if your nose itches does that mean you're lying a lot of allergies i have no allergies it's just Itchy. apparently you do I don't itchy okay. nose might be something else, and I don't do drugs so yeah. never have by the way never even smoke pot really ever maybe you need to start loosen you up I calm you down I did a you few down. edibles recently it freaked I did like you out. A, no no I did little mints yeah, it would freak me out yeah
0: you don't want to lose control
1: <laughs> no I just I, not for just, you it's not it's, for I was everybody. never interested
0: in it I do drink
1: uh, not a lot but I like to drink so doing this little Puddles of 8 show video I met these guys I go to Easy, and I said listen uh, I showed him the video. He's like, "Wow, this is incredible!" We wanted to shoot a promo. It was my idea to do this little promo with Bone Thugs around an oil can on fire, and we did it at Easy's house, his first house he bought in Norwalk. In and Norwalk. they it, they had this little like thing close that they to Compton. did.
0: What's that? That's pretty close to Compton. But was,
1: yeah, I don't know what the thought process. My parents sold him the house actually. <laughs> Big commission. And. You know they did this thing like East 99 is where you'll find sling slinger my yay yo, and they did this like whole harmony. And we did it, and then we put it on the box, and and the box, yeah, and that's the how music we started. Videos promoting, on the box, yeah, that's how we started promoting them. Which always them. was playing hip hop. That's all they were playing. I think MTV maybe really R- wasn't. I, I,
0: it was very urban. It was all urban music. I, I don't know.
1: So I mean, I don't know that. Yes, I don't know what. Yes, it was com- completely committed
0: yeah. to urban. So. After could did, you used to be? Able, could you request on the box? Were you able to call in and something? But I think there remember. was some
1: funny business on how Got things it. worked there. Yeah, so I'm sure, so easy. I did that. He he loved it. I think it was a five thousand dollar budget. Then I went to him. I said, "Listen, I want to direct their first music video. What's the budget?" Because he was showing me some reels of other directors. Got I it. thought they were corny. Yeah. And once again, I never directed nothing. Right, but you had the confidence that hey, I can do this. I don't know Let's if I had just... the confidence, but I faked it. So. I went to him and said, "What's the music video budget?" And I think he said hundred thousand dollars, which is okay. Now it sounds expensive, but at the time, like it, it, it was, it was a decent budget. Yeah. I said, I could do it for fifty. He goes, "What do you mean?" I go, "I'll do it for fifty. He goes, "Done." So, <laughs> shook hands. I fly to Cleveland. I do their first music video, Thugus Ruggish Bone. Are you doing it
0: with these guys from one guy, the cinematographer? Right. So he's sort of the technician because you've never shot a film. What do I know?
1: Yeah. But if you look at the video, it
0: the- became it was a one of the biggest
1: hits of the year. I mean, you know, not because of the video, because it was a great song. Great song. And from there I get a call from Lior Cohen at yeah. Def Jam, who said you know, people, another legend in the another, business and still a legend yeah. with this crazy Israeli weird accent from New York. Israeli, yeah, like exactly. I don't know. how, how
0: he, he was involved with the BC Boys early on. Early. And, all, early all early the on. Death Def Jam, one of the new what, he Russell. Was, he was like all. a promoter. And then I mean, talk so, about early hip hop. Those guys were truly the first. Group of, you know, taking it taking it to that level. So and they were young. They were like, you're, they were probably 18, 19, 20, 21. They started. But was, all those guys are much older than us. But yes, but, yes.
1: But, but Lior's like, come to New York. We have work for you. This is so dope. You know, this whole thing. I'm like, <laughs> wow. I go to the Def Jam offices. I see Russell, I see Lior, I meet Julie <laughs> Greenwald, I see, you know, I forget, walking through the hallways, Redman, yeah. whoever. All these legends in the business. And they they gave me this video and I did the video. And
0: what actually was there, the next one?
1: Well, I did two for Bone. I'm trying to remember. I think the next video was, um, I did this thing, BG Knockout and Dresda, who was signed to an, oh, a no. West Coast guy through Def Jam. And we, it was like a diss record. To, it ended up being like, Easy's boy. I forget, dude. Anyway, I forget. so from that point but on, you the game. I did a ton, of work, game, for- did a ton really. of work for them ultimately. But Lior was like, hey, you know, when, we're in a meeting one day and he looks at me and he's really intimidating and he goes, um, I just figured out something. I said, what? He goes, I figured out why I don't like you.
0: <laughs> That's a nice thing to say.
1: And I go, what? he he calls somebody calls on his phone puts on speaker he goes ratner i just met your long lost brother so then he introduced me with brett and then i did a deal with brett and you know that's kind of was my uh, you know entrance into the yeah. music into the music video world i wasn't long in the music business side of things i was just there for a couple of years yeah so then you pivoted to the had videos a, i had a career from 95 96 to 04 and never loved, love directing. Had my own production company. That's when I met my ex-wife. We started a, a Clever Films. And then ultimately, I started buying apartment buildings at yeah. the
0: end of 0304, and just loved real estate, and that's what I wanted to do, and that's what I'm doing today. So you pivoted to real estate just to start doing personal investments, and then it blossomed Not just there? personal investments, I just really loved real estate. I wanted to make a living it's at funny. it. It's funny, I got into real estate around 2001, thinking that I'm going to finance one of the artists that I'd been developing and I'll sell a house or two, finance it until they get signed. And this is, here I am now, 18 years later. Yeah, I and, never you're, looked back. and you're
1: like one of the biggest guys in the game. I'm very hardly, proud of you.
0: Hardly, but no, thank no, you're, you. you're doing very well. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Still need to sell you a deal before we die, but we will. So, knock on wood. So tell me now, I know, I mean, what the interesting part about you, uh, from, from an outsider's point of view, is everything you've done has, has been extremely um, – I'd say very creative and brand-oriented, whether it was from hip-hop or then when you got into real estate. You clearly have your finger on the pulse. Uh, some of the remodels that I've seen you do and some of the, uh, the reposition projects, they all have a very distinct, stylish brand to it. It's not cookie-cutter. Um, and I, we'll get into you know your restaurant. I take my jacket off. Take your jacket off. Take your coat off. But you you, you did the same thing when you pivoted into plan check. At the branding was un, it was incredible. So t- talk to me a little bit about your design aesthetic, your branding, and you know what what you think about real estate and how that relates to your real estate. Like it seems like everything you get involved with has to be something that has a good style and look to it. I, I don't maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like when you're investing in stuff, there's some really cool design elements that you put into these projects
1: well thank you i guess for the compliment but um yeah i mean i definitely think i kind of honed those skills uh through osmosis early on i mean remember there was a time that there wasn't a term called street marketing and you know so we had to be really creative yeah uh in the early ruthless days you, you you couldn't play if a song like fuck the police so how do you get how do you get that on the radio? How do you get that on the radio? How do you get that on, on um video? And if you do edit it, like so there was always this discussion of sort of things going viral the, the term viral and street marketing did gorilla, not exist
0: guerrilla marketing and maybe and
1: that term existed and then obviously steve rifkin changed the game loud for with records. loud but his uh his whole uh steven rifkin company doing street marketing. we're gonna
0: have josh in here too josh levine is coming that sounds soon. really boring i love josh he's a good friend of mine <laughs> i'll let him know how boring you think it's gonna be can My you networks? get some big people so you get some you're awe. it you're i'm it. the biggest guy you're, uh, <laughs> you're fucked I'm fucked. So, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. So, I'm so, in a sinking ship here, but no, we're good. So, um, damn, it's getting late.
1: So real quick on the, on the whole tastemaker thing, look at, I, I don't, anybody that says they're a tastemaker or has their finger on the pulse, I just li- do what I do and definitely I'm a very curious person. So whether it's been food or music or art or design, it's something that I've always just loved. Very You're early passionate on, about it I wanted it to somewhere. be an architect yeah. at thirteen. Ultimately, didn't do that, but always was interested. And uh, I remember going on my scooter, like my moped type scooter, yeah. when I was like thirteen, fourteen, to going to open houses because I really <laughs> loved architecture and yeah. I loved design. And I was trying to. You had the to, bug. What's that? You had the bug. I, in not the just injury. that. I wanted like we lived in a very sort of middle class, like tracky. Yeah. And there was like some really nice homes like over like there. And I just wanted to live over there. And yeah. um, so I would go there and just kind of aspire to like how do I end up here? Um, so regarding yeah. every business that I've ever done, uh like if you look at my business card, shoot, I don't have one on me, or you look at my logos, like it's very important to me. Clearly. I mean, so if it you shows. look at my like business card I just did, like there's always something interesting on it. You know, I just come from a place of authenticity and something that's important to me. So I had a old – so when I sort of revamped Heller Holdings a few months ago, that was my real estate company. Um, and that that went away when I opened up my restaurants, plan check. And yep. I did that for about six and a half years and exited out. You um, just exited,
0: right? Yeah. And that was a hugely successful project. Hugely
1: successful. But what is successful on the surface to people looking in is a little uh, – Of course. Uh, you of know, course. restaurants are very tough um no for everything sure. you've ever heard of them is true yeah
0: it's a grinder business tough every business is tough so let's just preface that every business is tough
1: um i'm glad i'm glad i did it uh i think i changed i can't tell you how many times people said to me i went on my first date i got i was proposed there yeah. i had the best burger or chicken sandwich ever i love all ketchup leather is so rad how you come up with leather. that so all that stuff is really cool to me and it really is helping me today with my real estate. I'm doing. I'm working on a, a hotel deal in Highland Park right now, so that's applicable, right? Having mm-hmm. that hospitality experience for sure. But when it comes to what you're saying about the lifestyle or the design
0: or that, I that, mean, that, let's that focus. Plan check when I first saw it before it was even opened. I think when I, when you first showed it to me, from the furniture to the paper that you had on the table, it felt like what it was supposed to be being a few doors down from the um on sautelle the building building and planning and all these building tools that were integrated uh there was there was just you might make a call there was a lot of really fascinating interesting design elements it felt very authentic and it felt without even understanding what i was doing or experience was like, oh yeah, this feels right. This feels like, uh, this is like an experience. It's sure. Good food and gourmet, but it was the experience of being there was phenomenal. And that's Thank you. very hard to pull off.
1: Well, look it. I always come from a place of like, I like to tell stories. Okay. And I didn't know that about myself, but I like to tell stories. So whether it was when I was a director or when I was opening up plan check or even what I'm doing today, I think that telling a story and these story and coming from a very authentic place is important, especially if you want to connect with people. So whether I was doing condo projects in long beach or whether I was doing uh, apartment deals in Koreatown, there was always, there was something that I, I wanted to identify with on the project. I didn't, I'm not a commodities guy. Yeah. Like I really, that's a good way to put it. So I looked at, I would look at a building and go, okay, what is, uh, what, what is there? That I could draw some inspiration, right? So at Plan Check, um, I wanted to do a neighborhood establishment. I was a real estate guy. Yeah, I would stand in this like bodega, if you will, and watch all these people with stacks of plans in their hands getting
0: their permits, and
1: and I could have named it anything. But I named a plan check because it's an acronym for
0: getting your plans approved. So you truly got the inspiration from Thousand being percent. there before. So it wasn't Thousand plan percent. check until you were there Thousand and experienced. Percent. And and the building pe- of the department pe- the building of building safety and all that stuff going on there. People ask all the
1: time, "Oh, did you have a big business plan? No, I signed a lease contingent on me being able to get a liquor license." Yeah. The landlord who's a friend of mine told me you'll it never was get Danny, right? Danny. Danny you'll, Mullen, yeah. you'll never get a liquor license here. But if you're willing to put up half the money, I'll put up half. And I got it in three and a half months. So I think being an outsider, stepping into these different industries, it's not that I, I I'm doing anything like brilliant. I just do it the way I know how. And because I don't have any preconceived sort of idea of how to do things, I think I'm coming in with a fresh approach. For
0: sure. That but makes sense. through the
1: years, I've learned to get in touch with this, this, this thing that happens in here, this, your soul, your heart, whatever you want to call yeah, it, your essence, whatever your, your essence. flavor so is, I could, f- I feel things. Listen, Dre, that's something Dre used to always say. Like, you know, it, he, he was all about feel, man. You'd be in the studio. It was about a feel. Yeah. You know, you could rationalize, you could break down a chorus, you could break down an artist, but either you feel it or don't. Will yeah. I am the minute I saw that guy freestyle, I knew he was Something special. Yeah, He didn't have any hit song. He looked goofy as hell. He didn't fit <laughs> in at the time to what was going on in music, but I knew this guy had something. Why? It wasn't anything rational. It was a feel. So you're just going with your gut? So PlanCheck was a feel.
0: Yeah. Um, and it sounds like your projects in real estate, when you're designing mm-hmm. it, you put your imprint, what you feel for the Listen, space. Listen, don't get
1: me wrong. When I'm buying a real estate deal, there's economics involved there's analysis i'm not flippantly buying things no, i'm course. very cheap brokers know when they bring me a deal it needs to be a deal yeah i know i've brought you a lot of deals right how many have i bought none because they're not deals for me yeah. but when you bring me a deal i'll buy it and i'll get it done yeah um not saying you don't have
0: them but no, you they're know. tough. they're tough to come by in this market but so that's of course there's economics involved but I don't know.
1: I don't know if you could teach this feel thing. I don't know. I don't know. I I just everything I do, I I put my heart and soul into it, and I really toil over the details. Yeah. Even my stupid business card, I just did. Somebody was helping me with it, and they're like, "You're fucking insane." (laughs) Make this, make this like. I wish I had the card so I could show you guys. It's like make. It's actually in my car.
0: Do I have one here? Uh, We're not going to walk down to the parking lot, but. Why not? No,
1: I don't have it. Make make this, you know, the the, the card stock. I mean, I really, really, really care. Yeah.
0: And I don't do it because I care detailed. what
1: other people think. I'm in a hat and a t-shirt and jeans. I don't give a shit about my appearance, but I care about these things. Yeah. And I think when you really care and you have that passion, that translates to a renter to somebody buying, to somebody that wants to, uh, uh, you know, I'm doing a deal right now in Silver Lake that's office over retail. Mm -hmm. So somebody's going to come there and when they look at the project, when it's ultimately done, they're going to see a project that someone gives a shit and they care and the trees that we plant and the way- Can't wait to see the finished product. Me too. Hopefully I can get the deal done. You know, nothing is easy. But there's one guy in this town that I think is incredible. I'm saying on the real estate front, because he cares about every single square inch of his properties, and that's yeah, Rick Caruso. Caruso,
0: yeah, guy's brilliant, and un- oh, unbelievable Rick, guy. Rick, Rick
1: came from money. Rick, did... no, there's a lot of guys. That there's come a lot money of rich town. guys
0: that haven't done anything. This guy cares, and oh, I've his heard his projects it... are incredible. Hit, it's, it's, it's revolutionary for hit, our city. He's his, changed our city.
1: Changed our city. One of his right-hand guys is a friend of mine, and his first project at Havenhurst Ventura. I heard the stories of what he did to get the project approved and to ultimately ha- create a successful yeah. project, to pull it, to do community outreach. Yeah. So that passion- By the way,
0: I heard the new Palisades Village is the number one grossing mall in the country, the uh, new uh, the uh, new uh, village. Well, how do you qualify that? You mean sales I'm per not, foot? I'm not, I'm just, I've heard what that, does that. Yeah, mean, yeah price per square foot, I believe. Sales per foot. Yeah, I think it's, how does it retail? It's usually sales, sales, yeah, per, sales foot? per foot. I, I have no idea. That That's doesn't sound accurate recently. to me,
1: but. Maybe it is, but it's absolutely stunning. Yeah, it's it's a game changer for but sure. this guy, who's a multi-billionaire, everything he does has a level of quality. And yeah. Have you seen his Christmas lights every year? They're unbelievable. I've seen it all, and and <laughs> I have nothing but ad, bless you. I have nothing but admiration and respect for a guy for sure that continues. I can't wait till Santa Barbara project is done. It's almost done, and that's where I get inspiration. When I went to the Palisades project. You know, I went like three weeks after they opened. I'm like this.
0: Just looking at everything. Yeah, it was a wow factor for me, too. For me? For me, too. Here's a guy that's so, you would think, removed from being in touch and what people want. And he's clearly so dialed in and fits so well and feels so authentic. To, to i the don't Palisades, know it blew me just away like the grove I, did the same thing
1: i could be i mean there's people that might think oh this store that i just think what he did in that experience and his tenacity to get it done like his tenacity to Can get the, the um, hotel done in, in santa barbara or many many yes. many years failed, years is a testimony to so that's another thing so we covered this feel and this authenticity thing something that's very important to me is um perseverance and not
0: quitting well it's, Speak to that. What, are, what does that mean to you? Obviously, you've needed that in all your uh It's all not, your, your career. Nothing has all come easy for me.
1: So, when, when I was opening up Plan Check, the real estate market collapsed, as you know it. Yep. I have three children and I'm scared shitless about yep. how I'm going to make a future. I remember talking to you about it I before mean, I'm, you opened I'm, it up. At this point, I'm in my 30s yeah, and I have these little kids that I got to take care of, and they're in a lot of overhead, school. a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. And, you know, I sat, Danny, my landlord, gave me a little space. It was a garage. And I sat. I remember. In there. I remember oh, meeting you with and you, you me, in yeah. with
0: you before you opened it. I sat in
1: there for fourteen months. I know. not sure what was going to happen. Right, it was and a big I put, risk. I put all my eggs into that plan check basket, and so this perseverance, the thing of not quitting. Um, I think people. And I don't know if it's the Instagram era or the social media era, but people want really quick, quick, quick oh, for results, sure.
0: instant gratification, and instant you just need success. to
1: understand that you're going to get so many fucking no's. Yeah. I'm dealing with it right now. I'm trying to get Always. projects off the ground. I'm trying to raise millions and Me millions too. and millions of dollars. And at the end of the day,
0: a lot of people are going to say no. Every day I'm
1: getting rejected.
0: Every day, no matter what level it is. It just takes at, one. For sure. But you, you can't know how many expect people said, success to be quick. I think know, this is good advice for up and coming entrepreneurs. You know how many people said it, no? Entrepreneurs. I'm going to tell you something.
1: You know how many people said no to NWA? I was there. That's why they went to Priority Records. and they had no option that, probably. No that options. I was the
0: only one that said yes.
1: People would hang up the phone. Jerry, I will never forget called guys like Joe Smith at Capitol. You said he worked at Capitol? Yep. Yeah, he ran it. Clive Davis, Tommy Mottola, Jerry Greenberg. Yeah, all the heads David of every big label. Irving Azoff. Jerry, are you doing drugs
0: again? What the <laughs> fuck? What are they called? Yeah. NWAs what? Yeah, they're like, are you nuts? Don't even show up at my office with us. Chris Blackwell
1: came and watched them perform at their studio, and Island they didn't Records. sign them. Yes,
0: that was well, a that's ver- someone I would think would be open to it because he was someone that was his way A&R ahead our girl. of the curve. I think her name was Kim Bowie. If my name's searching right. I mean, was he, saw, he signed Bob Marley when no one would look at him. <laughs> but what did at, he th- say about NW? He didn't at, sign they him. They didn't sign him. Yeah. So
1: ultimately, Jerry had probably every single major label. And affiliate label say no. Yeah, not but just no, but hard pass your
0: nuts for bringing you're, you're this You're fucking nuts. Yeah. Uh
1: get off your drugs and yeah. go back to rock and roll. Yeah. But he found this guy a priority and he put it out and he, the world. and he changed the world. Yeah. So what people need to credit Jerry for is not only was he he really believed in what they were doing, not just in the music, but in the message. Yeah. He would see firsthand When police would fuck with these guys. Yeah. So Jerry is as much as a civil rights advocate. For sure. And people don't realize that. So that gets lost in translation. I don't know if it gets lost in translation or, you know, Jerry is the most dissed person in the history of rap music and he never held a microphone. (laughs) So I don't know. That's, I think he was proud of that. I was, you know, when No Vaseline came out, I was like at the clubs
0: going, of course you're upset. But
1: but at the end of the day, uh, this thing of, like, it's just easy. I don't care if you're selling Nothing's real estate, easy. if you're trying to make videos, if you're, uh, you know, produce um, microphones for a living. Whatever it is, everything's competitive.
0: Everything's full of rejection. In this market. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of Thick energy. takes skin, but, but
1: conviction in what you're doing. I can't tell you how many people told me that if I don't do Asian food on Saute, that I was going to fail. I could see that. Major restaurant guys. I can't tell you. How many people told me I would never get liquor there because there's two schools across the street? I can't tell you how many people said, plan what? There's a strip club called Plan B around the corner. Are you fucking crazy? (laughs) So I didn't care. I didn't give a shit. Yeah. Because I was gonna do it. I was convinced. And from the minute we opened, it was crazy successful. Yeah. Now the subsequent stores were harder. How but many
0: locations did you end up? believe we Five? have four.
1: four? And they closed one recently off my watch. The you had the the original on
0: Sautel. Sautel, then Fairfax, and, Fairfax and downtown, downtown and Santa Monica. Santa Monica, okay. Yeah, that's pretty impressive for that concept to go to four locations in this concentrated place. But that's a good lesson. I mean, I always ask people, and I'd love to ask you, what is your advice for young up-and-coming business people and entrepreneurs? I'm sure a lot of it has to be around having persistence and preser- uh, perseverance and and realizing you're gonna get kicked in the teeth and get a lot of nose. But- Listen, I, I've had a lot of career shifting gears and, and you know, it's
1: been good and there's been some negatives to it, right? I really believe that to really uh, achieve a certain level of success, you gotta stick to something. So yeah. I've kind of bounced a little bit. Um but my advice to young people is number one, if you don't have it figured out, it's fine. It's fine. If you're 25, you've got a lot of fucking years. To sure. Live. You're gonna be 45 someday, so make the right decisions. Invest in yourself. Find something that you love. Find something that moves you. Me getting up in the morning—I've never set my alarm. I'm up at yeah. five, five thirty. Ooh, uh, that's early. Stockbroker hours. I—I just—I <laughs> I get up and I'm excited to live, and I'm excited to go do shit. That's so, amazing. So do something that you love.
0: It sure makes it easier to work 24/7 when and you love something. And it doesn't mean you
1: have to be an entrepreneur. Not every that's
0: another thing. No, that's a misconception too. You need to understand what you're capable
1: capable of. There's nothing wrong with being the number 2 guy or girl. No, there's you're right. nothing wrong with being a fireman. I have a buddy that's a fireman. My fire, brother's a firefighter. Good. I have a buddy that's a fireman. That's
0: all <clears throat> you ever want to do since we were kids. Yeah, you got to do what's and right for you. He's the happiest you. guy in the planet. And that's what it comes down to. What makes you happy? What makes you fulfilled? and not everyone can be you said two different words that are quite
1: different we can't live happy every day it's just not realistic to live happy every day is not a realistic thing but sure we could live for fulfillment so do something that fulfills you you're going to have those moments of happiness you're going to have those moments of sadness i went through the last couple years for me was the hardest time personally for me yeah between a divorce between a failed uh, relationship with a girlfriend, between issues with my children through the divorce, between, Yeah, real know. life stuff. So at the end of the day, do something that's fulfilling. So I really encourage young people to find that thing. You could talk to a lot of people, you can ask people, but you need to find it within. I agree. I and, don't uh, care what it is. You could be really successful at life, not just money, but successful um, doing anything. Selling books. Yeah, whatever it is. So just find that thing that you're interested in. Number one. Number two, you need, once you find that thing, you need to be focused like a bullet in flight, meaning that's all you live, eat, and breathe. So I don't have work hours, my work never stops. And I live a balanced life. I used to take my kids all the time when they were younger to go look at deals. Hey, we got to jump in the car and I'll make a day out of it. Yeah, It's just, there's no. They come with you. You're going, you're working. They're with you. You're together. So for me, I'm not saying that's for everybody, that this concept of I'm going to work 50, 60, 70 hours a week or whatever, and I'm going to cap it at that. I, I, I've never even had that concept. Hence, when I'm 18 years old and easy saying, why are you here at six and leaving at midnight every yeah. night? Because I didn't do yeah, it for no him. there's no
0: clock. You're not punching a clock. So here. one of
1: the issues I have, and I had almost 300 employees at PlanCheck, and I've had obviously employees in the past, is this notion of younger people, I understand they want experience, they want to live a life of, that's great, but don't tell me that and then tell me you want to be the next Elon Musk or you want right. to be the next Danny Brown. doesn't match.
0: Your actions so, ha- aren't matching your words. So if we you're could doing say
1: that. whatever you want. My water polo coach, who's one of my most influential people in my life, I, I would say, "Coach, I want to do this, that, and the other," and he'd say, "Heller, don't tell me. Show me. Show me." me. Yeah, so yeah. don't tell me that you want to live in a five million dollar house, but weekends are off limits to work. Right. So just what do you want out of life? Yeah, and you want to make okay. one hundred twenty-five yeah, thousand dollars okay. a year. That's your and that's your goal. Do it, but don't then tell me you want a Panamera. Or you want to fly private, or whatever the hell is yeah. important to you, right. because You're it's just a bunch of bullshit. And, uh, yeah,
0: it's got to, your actions have to. So back young it up. people today, they, the,
1: I actually think it's a great time to be young because I actually think all the information's here. I
0: mean, so if you really want to get it? Can you imagine it, it's if we all, had this twenty five years ago? But well, yes, but we but, had other things, right? So right, sure,
1: it's all there. So yeah, it's a great
0: equalizer if you put the time into but it. But I think that people don't want to put their time no, into it. No, they want to use it to cheat and that's uh, not authentic and that doesn't work. I know it's cheating.
1: I'm just saying- Well, the
0: can, shortcut. They want the shortcut.
1: I don't know. I just think that <laughs> it's all there and you can figure things out. And what I like about the environment, like I have a 17-year-old son. What I like about this environment is I do think there's not a lot of hard workers right now. And if you are a hard worker, you're gonna stand out. Sure. I meet with people, call me all the time. They wanna intern, they wanna do this, they that. They don't show up. It's uh, so uh, it's amazing. A different, it's a little, I'm not one of these older guys saying like how times are different. I actually think times are great. And if you're they are. 18, 20, 25, 30, like I th- actually think there's so much opportunity. There's so much opportunity. If you work hard the, and focus. The, there's the play, so much opportunity. I actually think the competition is not
0: that good. Yeah, I also think the 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 playing field is leveled for younger people like never before. You don't have to have 10 or 20 years of experience before someone takes you seriously. There's plenty of people in their 20s doing big things and putting their work in and having huge success. And that's something that's new to to this generation or newer. So there's it's it's a level playing field. If you want to put the work in and learn it, it takes time and you got to do it, but if you're willing to do it and willing to work your ass off, that's that's how you pull it off. But don't be frustrated if you're not willing to to work for it. Be authentic to yourself.
1: That perseverance thing. And then one thing I want to mention is I learned this when I was a director. Excuse me. I surrounded myself with people that were better than me. I'm not ashamed to say that. Yeah. I didn't know anything about cinematography. I learned it on the job. I didn't know anything about blocking. Got the best ad. I didn't know anything about editing, so I would seek the best. I would try to to learn. Oh, this guy doesn't do music videos. Let me talk to him. Yeah, this guy is his rate is eight thousand a day. Let me talk to him. And I would call these guys. I wouldn't rely on a producer. Uh, I I would call them and say, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you back. Just hook me up. Do this, and I would try to find. I would level up. So whatever you're doing, surround yourself with the best. If yeah, you, you want to wanna... be a broker and sell commercial real estate or sell apartment buildings, don't go work for a schmuck. Yeah. Go work for the best guy or girl. Agreed. And do not settle. So go around this town and only work for the best person. Yeah, I, I think agree. Internships are underutilized. I think that you know you go to someone, I know the laws have changed. I don't know all the laws, but you say, hey, I want to work for free for you. And I'm going to work 20 hours for free for you while I bartend at night. A lot of people are going to respect that. So, you know, surround yourself with level up. Yeah. Level up. I've always even in my real estate. That's great advice. I always try to find people. I don't care. It's not yeah, you, you know don't what? want to
0: be the smartest man in the room. You it's want to be, to be around It's not about
1: being the smartest man or the dumbest man. Danny, or woman. it's about getting the job done and finding the best solutions and 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 giving your, giving yourself the best opportunity. So if I'm going to work with an architect or a contractor or an engineer or a broker, Anything. whatever it is, I don't have any problem if they know a lot more than me. Good. I will absorb every. I'm constantly yeah, curious. Always be
0: learning. Always be growing. Always be improving.
1: And that let's end it on that. Yeah. You've got to, got to, got to be inquisitive and interested. And Love it. And you know what's interesting? I look at this. You know, we're in Beverly Hills. I know a lot of big legacy real estate guys here. They live in their 80s and 90s, and they still buy deals. And I think they live long lives, not because they have this wealth that they could take, because they're using this. Their mind, keeping and, it and stimulated. Every, they're stimulated every day. They're looking for the deal. Yeah. There's always another deal. It's not greed. It's what they do. Yeah. So Drives I think them. I think you gotta. Always be curious. Guys like Brian Grazer, their success has come from this ability to be interested. I actually met him once. Hold on, let me back up. When Plant Check first opened, (laughs) we would we didn't take reservations, so we get calls from his office. Hey, you know it's an hour wait.
0: We hold the table, and
1: I said absolutely because I love that guy. Yeah. So one day I'm in the uh, bathroom in at Nobu in Malibu, and. I said, oh, hey, Brian, my name's Terry Heller. I mean, I literally just took a piss and was washing my hands next to him. And you know, he's got the crazy hair. Yeah, the spiked hair. And I said, listen, I own PlanCheck, and I really appreciate you coming. It's it's so nice. cool. And he looks at me. He goes, oh, my God. I've got like 25 questions for you. Let's walk outside. So we're standing in the bathroom. <laughs> we walk awesome. outside. How did I come up with the name? How did I come up with this? And like ask questions. Yeah. And he was really sincere. Yeah.
0: He's, he's absorbing like, dude, and learning from you.
1: I don't know what he was doing. But, but I'm, I'm sure he like, does
0: that with everything.
1: It made my night. I'm like, of this course. guy knows about, you know, so.
0: Did you head to Soho House after your spot next door? Yes, I did. Of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. Well, dude, we can go on for hours on with for this. Each topic we've covered, we can go on hours and hours. I, I so appreciate you taking the time. Listen, I'm very of proud stuff. of you. Hopefully this is a oh, huge success. Kind. If
1: you want to find me.
0: Yeah, how do we find you, Terry? Uh,
1: my website is Heller hyphen holdings.com. My Instagram is Terry underscore Heller. Um, I, I love talking to people about business. I, I, people reach out to me all the time on LinkedIn. I always, I'm always lending my time. I get calls That's all the great. time. Hey, I, I want to get into real estate. How do I do this or restaurants? So I love helping people being of service to people when I can. And, uh, that's why I'm here.
0: We'll hit Terry up. Thanks for listening to the deal. I'm Danny Brown and we'll catch you next time. Thanks Terry. Thanks man. Uh-huh. Thank you for tuning in once again. Please subscribe to The Deal with Danny Brown and write a review. It really, really will help us get bigger guests and more awareness. Uh, You can go to iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And, man, thanks to my boy Terry Heller for coming in and sharing all those stories and getting into it with us. Really, really appreciate Terry coming by. He's a great dude. You can find Terry on Instagram at Terry underscore Heller. Or at heller holdings.com. He's got a whole lot of businesses and interesting things going on. So keep your eyes on him. He's going to be doing huge things. And you can always find me at Danny Brown LA on Instagram. Thanks again for tuning in. And we have more interesting guests coming up every other Sunday night. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you soon.